Joe and Luke are back with another episode of the MVP, the Modern Visual Podcast. Luke, what's uh, what's going on, mate? Big few weeks here in Modern Visual. Seems to be everything going on at the moment, Joe. I'm guessing your world's the same. Yeah, it's a bit like that. It's um, crazy. We, we're entering March now. It seems like the year's just flown by. It's it's nuts. And, uh, you know, because of everything last year with the coronavirus and lockdown, I've almost lo- lost, like, concept of reality. <laughs> you just almost don't bother keeping up with what's going on uh, from a structure point of view, because it can always change at any moment. So, yeah, I've lost my ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try not to watch the news anyway, as it is, because it gives you enough headaches. But I think the rules got relaxed again, didn't they? They have, yeah. So the masks have the mask backed off again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just trying to plan things ahead, you sort of have this little fear of doing that, because, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was meant to fly to Queensland, and uh, the flight was on the Saturday morning, and on the Friday night, they put us in a lockdown. So I had to cancel the... It wasn't um, anything trivial either. It was your brother's ber- uh, wedding. It was supposed to be, yeah. Nothing crazy. <laughs> That's it was, what I'm saying, like nothing important, right? Just yeah. Like it's more the, the heartache of having to cancel, you know, the, the, the hire car, the flights, the accommodation, uh, the airport parking. Everything has to be cancelled and redone. It's a lot of admin work. and Yeah, logistically, it's a real headache. Um, I think that's inherent right now in the world, in anything. It's, yeah. You just feel like you can never plan ahead. But at the same time, to be successful in business at the moment, you have to plan ahead. You have to put things in place. So it's a catch-22, but um, you've just got to stick with it and keep going. I think um, we can segue into that. Like the topic of today, bridging the gap between efficiency and inefficiency, uh, essentially in business, there's a lot of ways we can go with that, right? But what you're talking about right there is one of those where we're in a very unpredictable world, a very volatile environment to plan anything in advance, Yet at the same time, there needs to be, number one, a lot of contingencies in place to keep productivity and uh, accountability and, and keep businesses efficient, right, and moving forward and, and even progressing from that. I think a lot of opportunities have opened up, which I know you you know, you do a lot of here uh, with businesses, but um, th- there's a lot of ways you could go with that. But essentially, starting out, where do you go with that? You know, trying to trying to plan ahead and be productive in a world that is so volatile right now. Yeah, I think you're just sort of almost picking a path and sticking with it. Mm. You've got to. You've got to decide on uh, something. You've got to put something in stone, a strategy, mm. um, regardless of whether the world's going to change or not. I mean, your strategy can have a strategy built in for change as well. If this changes, then we do this as a backup plan. Yep, That's another way to look at it as well. Um, but th- the worst thing you could do is not do anything and just wait for things that come your way well i think then it becomes like inefficiency and efficiency being reactive or proactive like there's such a you know if you look at that just one route of okay you know bridging the gap between efficiency and efficiency but then how do you stop your business being reactive when the world's very volatile because that yeah. means that the business environment's volatile yeah i think having strong foundations in place is key mm. foundations in regards to software and processes and workflow and keeping all of your staff informed of to how the business operates right now. I think you can't assume they know what's going on and you shouldn't assume that they're going to just accept chaos as well with chaos being the fact that, you know, things can change next week. You've yeah. got to be that strong leader and show them that uh, there is a way forward. It's almost like it does come down to leadership. Yeah. hundred percent. It stems from the top and, and that if, if the top is unstructured and unorganized, yeah, and reactive, like, it will trickle down that's right if the top's sort of going oh god help us you know we'll just play it by ear and see what happens i don't think that's going to fly and it's not going to help your staff have certainty in what they're doing day to day and uh 
you know, everyone's got to be singing the same song every day. Whether that means the world's changing or not, everyone's got to be on the same page in the business or it's just not going to it's not going to work. You're going to have people going left, right, centre, all over the place and you're going to have them, yeah, <laughs> not, not heading in the right direction. No, A direction. Yeah, definitely A not direction. Right direction. 100%. Um, you know, and bring that back. So, you know, you're sort of about, you're talking about sticking to a plan, making the plan and then having contingencies. But that is dependent, you know, you can have... You can have contingencies set out, but if your software or your tech or anything doesn't allow for maneuverability, um, you can run into a brick wall pretty quick. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because we've been singing our song for a long time and preaching what we do to people. We're saying that what we do is helpful for your business. It's going to improve your business. But what's actually happened is now people have realized it's not, I guess, a matter of it would be nice to have what Modern Visual offers. We need this. Like, There's no way around it. Because of everything, they have to have what we do. Well, I think the biggest case study for success would be this place as well, yeah. as far as how you've navigated the last, well, Jesus, coming up to 12 months. Yeah, and it's funny because the, the you know, Sparky's wife never gets her PowerPoints. Uh, we've, we've always been similar where we offer what we do to our clients, but we've always neglected ourselves. We've always had the right things in place, but we've never really focused our attention on our own systems enough to you know, be amazing at it. I think it's inherent in, in any business model, unfortunately, is, is, yeah. is you, customer first, I think is a cliche. Yes. Um, team first should probably be the priority, but in the real world, that's a very hard balancing act. Yeah. And it, I think the pandemic allowed us to focus on our systems more because we had to, because we were all overnight thrown into remote work and mm. working from home and, um, you know, there's a lot of other changes. Like we grew exponentially through that pr- period as well. So we had to get everything in place in our in our own home here. Do you miss it? As in what? Having Working from home? Like I know you well, still do a little bit. I but still do. So I think... I do. Being stuck at home is <laughs> probably not ideal. Um, being stuck, maybe it's just reminiscing that <laughs> you couldn't get your work done and then... Yeah. Know, it, it just, it was simpler times, you I, know? <laughs> yeah. I had my frustration days where... You know, the dog's trying to climb on me, the pool pump's buzzing in my ear outside my window. I mean, these are all first world problems, but I get my peace <laughs> yeah, let's and... Not get too, let's yeah. get too sympathetic here. I get, <laughs> I get my peace and quiet at the office. I shut my door here. There's no four-year-olds running around. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a balance. And what that means as well is our staff now have a balance too, where we've never been, um, you know, against working from home, but it's never really been much of a thing. Whereas now we have people permanently doing a split between home and the office. so It's rusted on and off, right? There. Well, yeah, that's right. And it's critical that the systems are in place. And there's a lot of other businesses out there that are doing the exact same thing as we are. They're having that split. It's new territory for them. And the humble spreadsheet on someone's desktop doesn't cut it anymore for database management. We're talking to a lot of businesses at the moment. And, uh, we went out and saw a new prospect and client just the other day. And um, the way they've been doing things is completely a workaround now it used to be great because they're in the office every day and they had that face-to-face yeah yeah and you know that they get a lot of work from a large organization and that organization has changed because of the pandemic so they've now had to adapt themselves and like i mentioned earlier they're forcefully now going well what one visual does is critical like it used to be a nice to have to build systems and processes and you know removing the inefficiencies in a business that was just sort of wasn't really a big deal. It was nice to have, but now it's critical because everyone is working remotely and at the office at the same time. Yeah, I think that, you know, when 
okay, of the last however many years, decades, you've had Jimmy from accounting down the hall, you know, and you've had uh, old maiden operations yeah. in that office. And you, hey, hey, come here real quick. Where are we at with that? Da, yeah. da, da, da. It's that simple. Or go down the stairs and ask the, you know, the dispatch on the team shoulder. or whatever yeah. it is, where are we at with that order? Yep. But then all of a sudden, like you said, the world, it's like, even though the world stood still, I think the world's progressed so much in 12 months that, yeah, if you're not at least trying to keep up with that, because a lot of your customers will have progressed. and They'll systems, expect it yeah, from you. If you can't um, integrate with that, they'll find a new supplier or a new service or whatever it might be. Yeah, or they'll... Surely complain about it for a long time and make <laughs> yeah. sure you do change. Um, yeah, they'll give you your chance and then that might be it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, the thing is all this, the, all these solutions are so readily available. Mm. It's not like a big mystery as to how you build these efficiencies into your business and make everyone's lives easy for everyone working remotely and, you know, doing that split. Like everything's there. It's affordable. It's so easy to use. This is the thing that I'm always preaching, obviously, because of what we do. Um, I can see how easy it is for businesses to implement these things to, you know, remove friction between departments, increase the efficiency drastically. Like, you know, a lot of businesses I talk to, they might be looking to hire a couple more people, but they could actually get the exact same result, if not more, by only hiring nobody and hiring a company like us. So, bring in Modern Visual for this much, or you can spend three or four times that and hire the these people for no reason you don't need to yeah it's like you're going to band-aid a problem with wages and overheads as opposed to investing in a solution that cuts expenses and overheads in the long run and and increases productivity but i think the the one thing that i will you know you come back to it because you're so well versed in it you know you guys live it breathe it it's part of everything you do here and it's part of what you know it's the foundation of what you do to your customers and, and partners right but not everyone is so well-versed in it. It's mm. still when the day-to-day business is going on and then you're trying to manage tech and integrations and staff and orders and everything in between. And then typically there are some companies with bad experiences with, with other solutions companies and other growth companies that maybe they implemented this CRM and they implemented this over here and, and something else over there. Well, they've had three or four go-rounds at it with software that doesn't interact has had no intentions to make their life easier other than for that sole purpose um the frustration level gets really high and and then you've got to go in and overhaul everything you know we see with the the, you know the discovery drop form that we have that goes out to potential clients and 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 the reports you get back and it's like these guys have had these problems for a long time and and it's not something that they readily understand and they're frustrated about it but they don't have the solution at hand to fix it yeah i think we commonly see as well like people will come to us after having bad experiences and they'll be like man they had awesome sales people but once they went to deliver the solution it was terrible yeah they were great at sales but not really good at delivering they got palmed off as soon as the contract was signed yeah but i guess as well like the the software ultimately didn't fit what they're trying to do they didn't listen appropriately prior to trying to get them to sign on the dotted line so a lot of our clients that come to us they've been burned so many times by the providers not making sure that the solution that's been put in place is the right one for the long term Mm. Um, and they're more worried about their own sales targets um, over an actual long-term solution and relationship with their clients so that really saddens us because that's constantly a trigger point for people to come to us is they'll say, oh, you know, we spent $30,000 on this and 
what, what have we got to show for it? We've got nothing. We've got a system that we still have to do a workaround for. Um, and sometimes it might not even mean the software is bad. It could just be the onboarding process that business put them through. They might not have been shown how to use it properly or yeah. supported long term. Well, that's, that's another thing I was going to say is that sometimes a client will say, oh, it's not doing this or we haven't got anything to show for this investment, but some quick investigating maybe yeah. linking it to some appropriate reporting software or or just having it talk a little more versus it's not far off it's pretty much there they just yep. don't know the asset that they have they don't know how to use it yeah and again that, that's on the company that sold it to them they're more worried about getting that license across the line than actually helping the business out and i think you know we've really seen that and that's not who we are because mm. we would feel guilty it's that simple um for us it's all about taking the time like we've had clients say oh here's a verbal agreement we're going to go ahead and go hang on a second slow down we really want to make sure that what we're putting forward is right don't think about like we're yes we want to make a sale here we're a business but that's the last thing on our mind we want to make sure that we're working with you for the next 50 years not the next six months yeah and then you're annoyed with us and the rest is history so for us it's all about looking at a plan for the business and that plan for the business is around their actual growth goals. So growth could be geographic growth. It could be profitability. It could be uh, adding more people to the business. There's a number of, I guess, different things that growth can mean. Mm. Um, so for us, it's about establishing what growth actually is to a business um, and then actually taking the time to not only, only talk to the manage, managerial team, but interviewing the staff as well and finding out what their nuances are during the day. Um, because if you're only talking to the management team or even the business owner, you're not going to get the full picture on what the solution needs to be. Mm. So it comes down to looking at what are all the pieces of software in the business right now? What are they trying to actually achieve? And what are they trying to solve that are problems? Who are all the key people in the business that we should be talking to? And that allows us to put an actual plan in place and non-biasedly look at what software would solve their problems. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're an advanced HubSpot partner here at Modern Visual, and we do love HubSpot, but we, we always look at it from a point of view of maybe that's not the way to go. You know, let's, put, let's actually learn and listen and find out what the solution needs to look like and then see what software applies to that solution. And, you know, a lot of the time it is HubSpot, which is great, but we always think of, um, you know, how do we solve that problem first? Well, yeah, it's looking at, at each client, uh, each customer relationship, I guess, impartially. You're not trying to push a, an agenda. You're not trying to push a sale. Uh, and it's almost, you know, a little bit like the modern visual team becomes a part of, for that amount of time within that you work with the company, you're a part of their team to solve their problems. Yep. Um, and I think that that is, in itself is very important because, like you said, other competitors may be just selling software based on that's their partner, that's their KPI, whatever it is, right? Uh, whereas the way you guys do things is more holistic and, and it will actually lend itself to long-term uh, harmony <laughs> and growth as opposed to the short Band-Aid that inevitably rips off and hurts again. Yeah, I mean, we've got a two-stage approach. We've got the quick wins portion. So when we work with someone holistically, what are the things that we can implement really quickly that is going to have a really big impact for that business? Yep. Um, it could even be terminology changes. So, you know, to changing the wording with your staff to be sales activity to uh, opportunities and education, little things like that that you can change yep. would overnight double your sales, Like, and which we've seen with some clients where that little quick win in the first week can change everything. Um, the second part is obviously the longer-term implementation um, which is obviously past the quick wins how can we set this business up for long-term success so that they're going to reach those goals that they put forward but then beyond that obviously things change businesses adapt and grow and face new challenges as things move forward so 
making sure that we're working with that business ongoing and every single thing we do has to make perfectly good sense when it comes to return on investment. So, you know, some people love buying a website as an example because they make it makes them feel good for six months and they forget they've got it. Yep. We're not about that. Yes, we do have customers that come to us because they want that feeling, but ultimately we're trying to get to the bottom of why they're really um, trying to, well, why they're really here. What are they trying to solve? Which is typically beyond a website. It's There's more to it than... Uh, on a new website there's probably other issues could be staffing issues it could be um, you know multiple systems aren't talking to one another Um, you know there's so many factors in a business beyond the actual surface problem that comes to us if anything like you take web development which is just one small part of what modern visual does but this is what i find when you talk to clients you say okay yeah we're going to build you a high converting website it's going to do wonders it's going to cause you more problems yep. <laughs> than yep. it's going to help you because then you're going to have more leads, more communication, more potential clients, more potential headaches going into your sales system and, yep. and your team, which doesn't communicate very well, doesn't have means to um, to track progress, conversions, anything in between. Um, so <laughs> you're right. As much as it does make people feel good, it's actually going to cause them, number one, they either go somewhere and buy a bad website, which is obviously not what we want, or they actually get what they need, but then it's going to convert more traffic and cause more problems. That's right. I mean, you can have a great website and you're getting more leads, but you know, the question is, are you just delivering your product or service or are you giving your customers an amazing experience that's memorable? Mm. So you can easily deliver that service that you do or the product that you do. That's easy. Like that just that's just what you do as a business. But how what are all the things that you can do to make the customer or buyer journey a lot more uh, you know, memorable and phenomenal. Yep. Um, it could be touch points like sending an email automatically at each stage of that, you know, that process of dealing with your business or, you know, it could be asking for referrals at certain points in time. It could be triggering your staff to check in with that person at a certain part of that journey they're on. So yep. it's, yeah, like you can have more leads, but if you're not, I guess, processing them efficiently, but also in a way that they're really loving working with you that again you can just deliver something and that's great they wanted that product happy days or you can ensure that they have an amazing experience and that's just not about having amazing staff it's also the systems and the process and the software and the efficiencies that back your staff in delivering that as well yeah and that the strength of 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 the the systems and the experience like you said for the customer here is the blueprint i think for what your clients would ultimately wish to have for themselves right it's like if they have a positive experience dealing with you then that's what you're going to replicate um for their for their clientele yeah their systems and their integrations 100 percent. that's right and yeah i mean you, you know their integrations like that's another common thing that we see all the time is people have five or six pieces of software which is fine like you might have just to reel off a few you might have like dropbox slack office 365 you could have hubspot or salesforce um yep. You know, you could have, there's typically, I mean, I think we're using 15 to 20 pieces of software here, to be honest. Um, but the key difference is we're making them all talk to each other yep. where required. Um, they're not running in their own little silos. We're not having to enter the same information 50 times throughout that whole process. And this is where I love talking to staff in businesses and interviewing them because the owner's sometimes going to paint a really nice picture of how things are, like I would do. <laughs> yeah, but um, then you talk to the guys on the tools. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, this system doesn't talk to this and, oh, you know, we've got a, we've got a spreadsheet there and sometimes the owner doesn't even know there's a spreadsheet in the middle of them. They think everything's hunky-dory. But yeah, there's a little spreadsheet in the middle that they're having to do to work around a certain problem. So there's all those sort of things that you uncover as 
you know, you might have someone that's um, a supervisor or a manager or something like that, and they're spending most of their day doing data entry when yeah. they should be doing more meaningful things based on what their role is. Um, and it's just become that way because the systems that the business has doesn't support uh, the business properly. They're there and it functions, but there's human interaction that's making it function. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not automated, it's not seamless, and, and you look at the consequences that would have in whether it's populating a workflow for the team or whatever it might be, like all of these barriers cause inefficiency and, and, and the owner, like you said, the owner might not be aware that his team are having these yep. downtime issues where they're trying to figure out yeah. what's going on and that that all leads itself to unproductive hours. I always say like you, you should have input where it's meaningful, whereas if you can't have meaningful input, then just automate it. Like mm. there's no point someone doing a repetitive mundane task when their time could be put into meaningful parts of that yes. workflow. Um, so you've got to assess. I think assessing what you give meaning to as well. Yeah. And that's something that you guys help a lot with for clients yep. is there can be a person in a role with emotional attachment to something, but yep. just because they're attached to it doesn't mean it's actually important. That's right. But also like you might have uh, an email that a staff member would send as part of your process. Um, you know, if it's a random example, it could be, um, you, your staff go out and do their on-site service and then the salesperson or account manager might follow up after that a day later and say, how did such and such go uh, the other day? When they came out, were you happy? That could be automated. Like They could be doing it manually right now every single time yeah. a customer yeah. comes out. That full process can be automated. So you'd be silly not to because it, it can come from that staff member but they didn't actually send it. And then if that person had feedback, they can obviously reply to that and the staff member would get it. Then they can have that meaningful interaction but they didn't need it before because it was automated. I was just asking a question, how was it? Yeah, yeah. And then then there's the opportunity for more. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Without them having to expel the time to do it. Yeah. And yeah. It, even looking for particular triggers that um, would be an opportunity for your business as well. So, you know, let's say a customer has been on a particular page on your website, like a particular service page, um, and you haven't spoken to them in a month, month or two. It's a trigger to actually reach out and say hi or, mm. you know, how have you been? And that's what I love about HubSpot as much as, you know, obviously we are a partner and it's, it's very important everything in one visual, but as far as, as following up leads, like you can, you can see so much as far as what they're looking for and what they've engaged with. And it gives you such a base for those follow-ups, be it, be it automated or actual personal, yep. you know, team members doing that. It, it really does give you, that's just one example that came to mind when you said that, but yeah, um, being able to see what content they've downloaded, what pages they've viewed, how many times, They've done that. How many times I've opened your email? How many times I've downloaded that presentation you sent them? Whatever it is. Yeah, it's almost like having a bit of a, a PA for your sales or accounts team that's um, intelligent enough to only bother you when it's important. Mm. That's really what it is. It's it's just like a PA, except you know it's a piece of software that does that for you, um, which makes your time uh, more efficient. Um, but I guess you can have more meaningful moments with your clients when it matters. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Well, I think that's a good summary to take from that really is is um, there's a lot of information to take out of this podcast oh, as a whole. There's a heap of moving parts in businesses. Like There's just stuff going on left, right and center and a business is becoming more and more complex every day as you're bolting on more pieces of software. Those listeners that know what I'm talking about, every every month you're going, oh, this does this. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Let's bolt it on, bolt it on, bolt it on. And you've got a myriad of subscriptions, which is not ideal um, when you're looking at what you're paying for subscriptions, but um, I guess you've got to look at what's the purpose of all of them. Do they talk to one another? Can one be replaced with another? That's yep. you know. Can you know, consolidate? 
Yeah, I mean, price price is important, but it might not always be and shouldn't be the driving factor. It needs to be the right solution mm. that's going to get your return on investment. Just because some, something's dearer doesn't mean you're going to get less return on investment. You might get more return on investment because it's got an extra feature. Exactly. So there's all these considerations when you're mapping out what software will suit your business, but I guess that's where <laughs> experts like us can help with that. Yeah, th- there's that many arguments. I've already got five pieces of software costing me this. Well, why do I want to spend what they accumulate in total on this separate piece? Yep. Well, maybe that offsets all of those. Maybe it cleans them out. Maybe you only need two of them after that. It's You could end up with you know 10 more deals a month because you've introduced software that's $200 dearer than what you've got, but the return on investment is actually going to be way more than that extra investment. Mm. So you can't all, and obviously, you know, everyone's got their limits with their budgets, but, you know, you've got to at least assess what, what the opportunities are. Agreed. Well, 25 minutes in, I think that's enough for him to digest on this one, but uh, that was good. That was a good chat. Mm. No, I agree, Joe. It's always good to just, yeah, spitball ideas off each other and that's it. Uh, go from there. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the MVP, the Modern Visual Podcast, and we'll be back real soon with the next one. Like I said, uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, make sure that you uh, leave us that five-star review and uh, recommend to a friend. It's free. Share it around. Share the love. We appreciate it. And we'll be back soon with the MVP.